So let's go to John chapter 3, verse 20, starting in verse 22, and I'm, I'm reading in the ESV. It says, After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John was also baptizing at Anan near Salim, because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized for John had not yet been put in prison. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. Now let's just pause there. John was baptizing. Jesus also had started baptizing. They were not baptizing in the same place. John had already said, this is the Messiah. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When we talk about purification, purification, that word is used when Jesus is at the wedding in Cana. John chapter 2, the wedding in Cana. It says there's these six large stone water pots holding 20 to 30 gallons used for purification. So this idea of purification is essentially washings, how we should wash, and it includes baptism. So John's disciples are discussing, it says, with a Jew, perhaps a Pharisee, someone who didn't agree. There are laws about purification, but they're general laws. So they were trying to discuss specifically how many times we should wash, where we should wash, how to baptize, and probably they stumbled across the subject who should be baptizing? Well, it's not specific in the scriptures. It, it doesn't lay out exactly, certainly doesn't lay out what John was doing. But John's disciples are arguing about baptism, and they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, bore witness that he's the Messiah, Look, he's baptizing, and all are going to him. What were the disciples doing? What do you call it when you're always looking over to see what, what the other people are doing? They're comparing. And like disciples, like young men, they're, they're exaggerating a bit. They're saying all are going to him. We're all going to him? No. No. Why? Because it's just told us that People were coming and being baptized by John where water was plentiful. They're exaggerating. That's it. So John now is going to, to speak. John answered, the pers A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ but I have been sent before him. So John again is saying, look, this is the Christ. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. Maybe some of you guys have said things spiritually 
that you wanted to believe, but your actions, your behavior hasn't exactly matched that. Like you'll say some very powerful words like, oh, yes, you know, we should read our Bibles in the morning. Oh, yes, everyone should pray. But honestly, when it comes down to you doing it, well, it was a good thing to say, but maybe you didn't follow through. All right. So you guys know what I'm talking about. I believe that's what's happening here with John. Why do I say that? He just baptized Jesus. The Holy Spirit told him this was the Messiah. Why is John not following him? Why is John not sitting at his feet listening to the Messiah speak? He just said the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Is he listening to Jesus? He's not even in the same town. What's going on? John's 31 years old. He doesn't want to be 31 and done. People are still coming to him. And guess what? He's got plenty of water. His ministry is still thriving. Many are now going to Jesus. And his disciples are noticing the numbers are dropping. They're keeping track. John notices the numbers are dropping, and he says the right thing. He says, he must increase, I must decrease. When Jesus and John are speaking to each other, and they speak to each other through their disciples, there's no record of them ever speaking except when Jesus comes to ask to be baptized by him, which I find tragic. The Son of God has come to earth, John is still baptizing. Why? Because that's his job. He doesn't want to change. He was given that assignment. When you're given an assignment and God wants you to change to something else, it's very difficult to change. Typically, we don't ever listen for other orders. We just keep doing that. I know many, many people in Christian ministries whether it's a missionary, whether someone had this ministry or that ministry with youth, something happens in the leadership, something happens with the finances, something happens politically, and they're, they're pushed out. They are so angry. That was, that was my ministry. God gave me that ministry. And they are unable to accept a change. They're unable to be humble enough because it essentially requires humility to change, especially when people are coming to you. you got a big ministry. you got a big church. People loved him. He was making a very big splash. This bridegroom, when he talks about the bridegroom, he's talking about Isaiah 62, verse 5. This is what it says. As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so your God rejoices over you. As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so your God rejoices over you. John is saying, rightly, the one who has the bride, the bride being the bride of Christ, the bride is the people, the people are now going to Jesus. 
See, the one who has the people, the bride, the one who has the bride is the bridegroom. But then he says, the friend of the bridegroom, I believe he considers himself the friend of the bridegroom, who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. I believe John was talking a big game. Maybe he heard Jesus speak once when they were together. It appears that after Jesus was baptized, he went somewhere for 40 days. Where did he go? He went into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That's right. So it doesn't appear that once Jesus was baptized, he immediately started speaking. First, he goes into the wilderness. When he comes back, two of John's disciples, John and Andrew, go over to Jesus. So now Jesus gets his first two disciples. What John doesn't say is, why don't the rest of you guys go follow him? He's the Messiah. Well, he had his own ministry. He had people coming to him. He needed people to help him baptize. But I find it a little bothersome that Jesus is baptizing and John is still baptizing. See, John's willing to let his ministry decrease a bit, but he doesn't know what he's going to do if he actually stops baptizing. He is John the Baptist. That is what he does. And John is having trouble making the transition that this is the Son of God who's here. Why do I think that? Because Jesus says something interesting in Matthew 11.11 when he says, Of all born of women, none is greater than John the Baptist. You remember that? The next thing he says, But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. He who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. I believe what he's saying is John is not in the kingdom. What do you mean John's not in the kingdom? John is the, the, like the greatest man who's ever lived. Jesus is such an amazing man, God, everything. He's able to give the man an incredible compliment and still use his life to teach. Most people are not even going to understand what that means. They're going to say, oh, John's the greatest. But what is the kingdom of heaven? He said, you can't, you can't see the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again. You cannot see the kingdom of heaven unless you're born again. And he also says in another place, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven unless you become like a child. So he's saying about John that he's not in the kingdom of heaven. Either he's not born again, the Holy Spirit was in him from the mother's womb, but perhaps John did not become like a child. A child would probably want to go follow the Messiah. A proud child would, would, would be humble enough to say, I'm going to go and listen to Jesus speak. I'm going to leave my ministry. Or at the very least, he might go and make a personal appointment with Jesus, since he's his cousin, to say, Boss, Lord, what should I do about my ministry? What would you like me to do now? I'm your messenger. I prepared the way. You're here now. What do you want me to do? Give me the order. Do you want me to keep baptizing? I believe John thought he was doing a good thing. He was still having people confess their sins. He was still helping them 
get right with God? But was that what Jesus was doing? That's the question. Jesus did some baptizing, but then he started doing some teaching. He started teaching about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was moving to a different style, and John continued to do the same thing. We love to do what we're good at doing, and it takes a very humble heart to be able to transition, to change when things in life are changing, when your ministry seems to be, the door seems to be closing, the humble heart will look for other things to do. If you've heard Jesus' voice in your life before or in your ministry, are you more concerned with the ministry and how others see you or in spending time with Jesus? I believe the problem with John the Baptist was that he was he had made a name for himself. He was so concerned about his ministry. And he talked a good game, but he wasn't spending time with Jesus. He wasn't anywhere near Jesus. Well, what about me? Well, what about you? Let's just take a minute and just think about that. Are we guilty of the same thing? Talking a good game, serving, you know, we're all serving Jesus, where we love to serve Jesus. And serving Jesus is not wrong, but in this case... His service got ahead of his relationship with Jesus. Wanted to be recognized. And we all, we all want to be recognized, especially those of us who didn't have a parent in the house, a father who spent a lot of time with us and recognized us and said, you are a great son. I enjoy being with you. You're an amazing, you're an amazing man of God. Here, let me, let me teach you about the word of God. Well, God promises to be that kind of father. Honestly, it's much more difficult to receive that kind of fathering from someone you can't see than someone you can see. It's just the way the brain works. We talk about God being our father and wanting to father us and help us, but it's hard. It's hard to spend time and listen to, to him when we can go out and get some attention from some other people. Let's just take a minute now. Also, can you hear Jesus' voice or are you just always assuming your direction is correct? because this is the direction you were going in some months ago or some years ago, but have you heard Jesus' voice recently? Or can you go to him, like we're saying John the Baptist could have done, saying, hey, Lord, am I moving in the right direction? Is what I'm doing with my life now what you want me to be doing? And Jesus could have said, yep, you, you just keep doing it. Or he could have said, no, why don't you come, come follow me. Come follow me. Let's take a minute.